Hello, and welcome to What is Wrong with Hiring, the podcast where we talk about why hiring people and getting hired are both absolute nightmares. I'm your host, Laura Klein. Please be advised that this podcast may contain drinking, swearing, and screaming into the abyss. So pretty much like most podcasts. Uh, my guest today is Mary Lekanowski. Uh, she is the VP and Pro- of Product Design and Technical Writing for Hyperscience. And I am going to be talking to Mary about how you can actually tell if people can do the work. Uh, so first of all, Mary, welcome. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, I really appreciate you, you being here. Hi, I'm thrilled to be here. This is going to be fun. <laughs> it will. So, so I think a lot of companies struggle with this, especially with design. But honestly, I've been doing a lot of interviews lately for product managers. Uh, you know, you do review, you know, you do uh, interviews for engineers. It's hard to figure out in this limited time that we have together, if somebody can do the thing. And uh, I, there's a lot of arguments, I think, <laughs> about, you know, what about whiteboard exams? What about take-home exams? What about portfolio reviews? What, what, why don't we just hire people who used to work at Google? You know, all these different things. Tell me, tell me your thoughts. What, what should we be doing? <laughs> Let's talk about this. Uh, I think the first thing we need to do is think deeply among ourselves. What do we want from this role? Oh. and think clearly about with the team that's going to interview, because most of us have uh, job descriptions within a band and we have some kind of rubric that we look for. But I think it takes a, a moment to step back and consider looking at your job description, your job ladders um, for the team that's going to be assessing the candidates to assess together and everyone assess together, how will we figure out what this person does uh, or if this person is can this person really do what we want them to do which might be different from what it should be the same thing as the job description sure but sometimes they <laughs> there could be some special sauce where, mm-hmm. or something you're looking in the job description so that's i think the first step that most people skip because yeah. they just someone great no, no we, we need want someone yeah level three designer we want a level three designer. Here's the job description from the library of job descriptions. Here it is. Go. And you go. And of course, the first thing you do is like, oh, we want a portfolio. And you're looking through a portfolio. And there's no criteria of looking at the portfolio like, oh, it's pretty colors. Or it's like, oh, it's all mobile, but we're not doing mobile now. And and there's no, sometimes there's annotation that comes with the portfolio. Sometimes there isn't. It's just a really well-crafted hopefully nicely crafted deck or website and you go, well, it looks good, but I have no idea if this person can do the job that I want them to do. Yeah. And I think we tend to end up looking, I think you you made a really good point about the like, oh, it's all mobile, but we're not doing mobile. Well, that doesn't mean that that person can only design for mobile or manage mobile, but that I think we very much like in that like, let's be honest, two minute portfolio review that often happens you know, before talking to anybody. It does sort of devolve into like the visual treatment of what we saw first, which that's, I mean, so that's tricky. I, it's interesting because I often will do portfolio deep dives into things to understand 
Um, this is, a, of course, once they get to that point, right? To understand like why they made the decisions. Um, Cause I think that's, I think it's important. Maybe talk to me about that. It, I, I personally think it's very important to understand not just what they came up with, because we all know it's, you know, it's a team sport and they may have come up with something different or I want to know why they came up with it the way they did. I, absolutely. That, I, I agree with you. But if I step back even more, when we think about screening candlelights, because you, uh, the team that's going to interview, their time is precious. So you only want them to look at people, interact with candidates who seem good enough or decent enough, like their perspective. So the screening process, it's informing the people who are doing the screening, sitting down with your recruiter and doing a, a conversation where you say, okay, this is what we're looking for. Yes, this is the job description. It's a level three designer and we're looking for um, so much experience, but really digging into this is what I want to see. Ask them about um, what they're interested in or whatever the job is. But first getting the recruiter to understand what you're looking for. And as you just mentioned, they may have only, the candidate may have only mobile experiences, but is really interested in something else or has experience doing something else that they didn't think was sexy and so didn't put on their portfolio. But allowing the recruiter to understand so you get that flow through mm -hmm. um, funnel to the next stage. And then as you were saying about the portfolio, like, yes, just looking at a resume, just looking at a portfolio is not enough. It takes time sitting down or listening to someone and asking questions about, tell me more about how did you get to this stage? Tell me more about the problem you're solving. Tell me more about how did you decide on success criteria. Tell me more about who all was involved in this. Yeah. Uh, tell me the story of you had this really pretty artifact in your website, or I find it really intriguing people who have just wireframes and tell you the story of why it wasn't built. <laughs> I yeah. find that amazing. Yeah. Like it, it, people who are, I think at a certain stage, especially if you're in an enterprise company, that not everything that we do as designers gets actually out in the market mm -hmm. and showing the progress of an idea that didn't wasn't launched or um, went out once and failed, I think is a, even a better story because it shows the reality of the non-happy path. We are so often shown what the happy path is like, oh, we had this great idea and we launched it and went out there and we got 40 million users within a month or whatever. But let's show how far I, I want to hear from a candidate about the progress, their role in the progress of the product. Yeah. And also there's the nouns like the history, but how do they talk about that history, which will allow you getting back to can this person do the job? Does the person, because the things that I'm looking for is flexibility. Mm -hmm. We all, you know, we work, it's a capitalist society. We work for businesses. Businesses change. We're not making art. And sometimes the business direction change. And how does someone react to that idea? That what something that there was a shining star didn't go forward. How do they react to that, that sense of resiliency and adaptability? Um, 
how do they react? How do they talk about success criteria? I still see a lot of designers out there. I think it's still a lot of companies where just putting something out in the world is a success. It launched. <laughs> success. <laughs> success. I mean, in some companies, that's very difficult to do. I'm not going to but like that. And that Absolutely. shows a different experience. That shows that you're good at maybe navigating really hard to deal with organizations but it's also but it's interesting you're right it is very interesting to see how people think about their contributions to the success of the product if it is just well whatever like they told me to do this thing and I made this thing and it launched and it's out there like uh, okay great is that is that going to work in the environment that I work in where we are expected to care about the impact on users and the impact on the company and are they able to shift their thinking? I don't know. Right. That's hard to, it's hard to figure out when all you see is sort of like, look, I made a thing. Exactly. And I think as we're looking at, it depends on the, I wouldn't say maturity, how long someone has been in the business, how long has someone been, if we're looking for a more senior role, mm -hmm. I would expect in, as we ask them about their portfolio and what they've done and their history, some sense of business mm -hmm. that again, we're making this to make money. <laughs> we don't work for a nonprofit or um, so how, well, something, how did you judge its success mm -hmm. and how did it relate to the business? Because that's something I'm looking for. Someone who understands that we're making something in service of the company strategy, right? which is in success of the company strategy. Yeah. So we want, I, so it's tempering as you're interviewing someone looking at their portfolio, considering how long they've done this mm -hmm. and thinking appropriately, someone who's more senior, like a senior manager or a director, how do they t tell me more about the thing that you did here and tell me more about like, what was the business goal? Hopefully unprompted, they bring that <laughs> yeah. up. That should just really be in everybody's stuff, but especially if you're a senior manager and you come in and don't start talking about like why the company wanted you to do a thing and how you maybe changed that. Or uh, one of the things that's fascinating is you you mentioned the like you know just showing wireframes and how something failed. I always enjoy hearing about how far things got before they got shut down and who shut them down and how. And I actually really enjoy stories about. Um, so this is an artifact that I used to change people's minds about a thing. So it didn't get built and it didn't get built intentionally because this is what we did instead of building it. And wow, that shows some like very, and it's funny because it doesn't feel like a design artifact. It doesn't feel like something that goes in a portfolio, but it is very much what I want to see from people who work for me to be able to go to product managers or engineers or whatever and figure out like, oh, this thing that you want to do is um, the engineers say it's technically impossible. And like, maybe we need, or like I'm hearing it and it doesn't seem like it solves any user problems. So is there something not quite, like, is there something I can make to show this, you know, to, yes. to keep this I from happening or for, for, and here's what we did instead is also what I like to hear. <laughs> Absolutely. I think expanding our understanding of what is a design artifact mm -hmm. is critical because it's not just 
the polished sketches that became a polished wireframe Figma file that engineers then implemented to become a end user product. It was the artifacts that we create or someone creates to influence and persuade. So it could be not the sexiest looking thing, but it could be an artifact that, and this is what something I love when people can do this thing. We created this artifact that was never shown to the end user that allowed me to gather my team, my, my cross-functional team in understanding what the problem is and maybe pointed a North star of where we want it to go. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that just is so fabulous because that shows that someone is understanding the role that isn't really put into, sometimes it's put into job descriptions. We're under that showing impact mm -hmm. or showing influence. It's how do you influence? It's not with the end user artifact. Mm -hmm. It's all those conversations, sketches, drawings that you are using to illustrate what we are. Want, what is the business need? What is the end user need? Yeah. I think I do like your point that you made earlier too, though, about figuring out at sort of what level this role is and what level this person is, because frankly, I would not expect to see that out of somebody just like coming out of school or maybe one job yeah. like that's I mean, maybe they did it. Maybe, you know, they had the job for a while or it was a particularly or they're just, you know, savants. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe that happens. You know, some people are just like that. But that said, for like an associate role or, you know, an entry level or you know, even kind of like some mid level. I definitely expect to see less of that. I still want to see, do yes. they understand success? Do they offer options? Do they? So, but like just figuring out how that happens. I think I agree. I think it, it requires um, redefine, like figuring out which artifacts we actually want to see for this role. Like, is it a visual design role? Like, yeah, then I absolutely want to see the polish. Like that's, yeah. I absolutely want to see the like artifacts that you handed off to engineering so that everything can be perfect. Like, I want to know how you worked with that. Um, mm -hmm. Is it an information architect role? I don't really care what colors you used. Like, <laughs> I mean, not a lot. Like I want to see what you did with a really complicated taxonomy and how you changed it. Or, you know, I want to see your changes to the navigational structure of the entire company. <laughs> mm -hmm. like, that's the level at which I'm thinking. Um, so that's uh, this all feels though like we maybe need some different um, approaches than what I often see, which is like one-on-one -on -one interviews, which are fine, and I think we should have them. Um, you know, por uh, you know the the portfolio review deck, which again I think can be useful and helpful to kind of get you know let the person present their work, which is a thing that most designers do anyway. I'd like to know how they present their work, but there's also like take-home exams and whiteboard exams and and things like that. Oh. And I'm curious, do, do you use those? Do those help? I have very strong opinions about this, so I will fight you um, on all of it. Uh, <laughs> or although we probably just agree. Um, are, they, are they useful for anything? Are they? Uh, <laughs> I think uh, take-home exams are bullshit and a violation of labor laws. 
I 100% agree with you. Unfortunately, we are not going to get a fight about this. I, sorry. We're not going to get a fight about that. We're not going to get um, a fight. I, I, I just, I just want to say, they, if, if you are showing me how you would design a feature in eight hours with no access to like metrics no. or users, that is not a thing I'm ever going to have you do. So no. why in God's it's name would I ask you to do It's not a real world. No. It's a, it, is undercutting the, it is undercutting what we do. It is yeah. looking that... It is looking at a designer and thinking that the only thing that we want from them is the artifact, yeah. not all of the cross-functional work, not the research, not the cross-functional work that comes up with a solution. Yeah. So they are take-home exams for design are a horrendously immature way of assessing what a designer does. I'm sure you remember like years ago when dinosaurs roamed the valley there was the infamous take-home exams from certain large corporations Mm -hmm. and they were horrendous they were awful and they were considered because that was the institutional perception of what design does was the artifact not the process yeah they they were very much a reflection of that you yes. color things in. I'm going to give you a. I am going to give you a task, and you are going to execute on it and provide a visual representation of it. And I mean, honestly, if that's what you're testing for, for whatever reason, okay. <laughs> but it's never what I'm testing for. <laughs> no, and it, no, and it really says something about the maturity of the organization yeah. of what they think design, what they want from design. It's yeah. like, oh, we just want you to make pretty colors and make it uh, make it look good, mm-hmm. and we'll do all the hard stuff behind it. Don't worry, your pretty little head. No, I, I'd rather give them a statistics problem, honestly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if I'm going to assign yeah. any homework, take, yeah. But going to the labor situation is it's a violation of someone's time to give them work that you expect them to do on their own time to present to you later. It's that you're asking for free work. I I agree. I mean, at least with at least with portfolios, you can reuse them and they are an advertisement. Yeah, I mean, so but so go on. So you were about to talk about portfolio or sorry about um, whiteboard exams, which again, whiteboards, I have a mixed I think they're pretty crappy as well. And I have colleagues with strong opinions about whiteboards allow you with, depending on the exercise. And I, there is a particular exercises I've been exposed to with that. You allow the uh, candidate to know what the exercise is and say, this is going to be 90 minutes or I think that's even too long, like an hour. Mm-hmm. And we're not looking for the artifact. This is just an opportunity to, for you to work with one of our team, with someone observing. And what we want to just look at is, um, consider is how do you approach this problem and how do you work with others? So those are two key things that we want to find out about someone. Yeah. But again, it's not a real world scenario. It's an artificial construct to uh, to extract two really needed pieces of information. Yeah, it may I'm kind of really may, mixed about it. They may be the, it may be one of those things where it's the least worst way of figuring yes. this out. Um, I will say I have seen them run badly so many times yes and i have seen so many bad patterns it may be one of those things like i'm just gonna say agile (laughs) 
or hell, design thinking. We're like, I like the concepts. Like, I like it when it's done extremely well and for very specific reasons. And most of the time, it's just a garbage fire uh, because people have misunderstood the brief or they they are doing it some way that they learn. So, like, but again, it's very much about what you want to learn. I I actually run two different kinds of whiteboard exams, not for the same person, but depending on what I want to learn. There's the like kickoff meeting one, which I always find sort of interesting because this is actually a thing that I want designers to be able to do. Like if a designer comes into a company and has to have like a kickoff meeting with a PM and maybe an engineer about oh, a I like feature that, idea. that comes up, like I'm, I'm just interested in hearing like, how would you run this hour long kickoff meeting to like get the information that you need to get started? And like, what would you, what kinds of stuff would you be looking for? And this is more for like senior people. Like I wouldn't necessarily do this for a junior person, right? The other one that I like doing is what I call the speed run. <laughs> and this one can seem weird. It can seem very leading, but it's actually kind of fun. Um, it does require some acting ability on your part. <laughs> um, what I do is, again, I kind of come to them like, I present a pretty open-ended thing. You know, like, uh, this is not the one I actually use, but it's a, like, um, we have a product already, a product that exists in the world, and it would be something that they can kind of relate to. You know, like, oh, we have a document sharing system, right? And uh, our users, like, we, what we want to do for our users, we, we want to give them the ability to create a portfolio, like a portfolio of themselves, so that they can, you know, describe who they are. Go. <laughs> <laughs> like very high level. And then all that I'm really looking for is, you know, and then, oh, but before I do that, of course, I, I enforce, you can have a hundred percent access to all of our users, all of our former research, all of our stakeholders. And then I'm just looking to see like, where, like, what do they start asking? And then as soon as they ask a question, well, mm -hmm. what is the, give me more information about what the company does. Oh, let me explain. Okay. Here's what the company does. Oh, well, okay. Who are our users? Sometimes I'll then be like, well, we know this about our users, but we don't know this other thing. Mm -hmm. What would you do to find that out? And then they'll say, oh, well, you know, I do this research and, you know, da, da, da. Oh, great. Okay. You did the research. Here's what you got. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I let them ask for stuff and then I give it to them. Kind of, but like just, you know, very compressed, right? Like this thing that would take you two weeks to figure out. Oh yeah, no, we did that research. It's great. Here's what we learned. <laughs> What's next? So that's, that's the speed run. That's very similar. That's very, the speed run. That's very mm -hmm. similar to a scenario that we're using where we set up a scenario and passively, uh, we want to know how would the candidate approach a problem? Mm -hmm. Would they ask for things? Would they clarify information? And we speed it up like, oh, the, you know, this is the research we found at A, B, and C. But we're waiting for the, We're not going to tell them everything no. that we have in our back pocket. We're waiting to see what they ask for. And actually, the importance is more in what the questions they ask and how they're thinking about it than whatever they come up yeah. with at the end. In fact, like whatever they come up with at the end, I could really care less about. Yeah. Often I will not even get like, and I agree that 90 minutes is too long. I like about it. I like about an hour. Um, and I like to get to, Your brain hurts. yeah, I, I like to get to maybe like a wire flow of like one small chunk of it. A flow like, would be great. Yeah. Like yeah. if you, but like a very high level, you know, like, oh, so we'd need yeah. to like get this information from them and then, oh, here are some problems here and some errors we might run into. Like, I'm kind of looking for that, but like nothing else. I don't care what it looks like. A flow I'm, would be yeah. fabulous being yeah. able to, and then that would show you, but at the same time, it, so 
going back to portfolio reviews, I think a lot of this, except for the kind of questioning could come out in a portfolio review where you sit down and ask someone, so tell me about what was the problem you were solving? Like, Mm -hmm. tell me about the research that you did. Tell me about the business goals or say like, tell me about the problem you were solving. And hopefully they bring up business goals. If they don't, you prompt them. It's like, so how did you, you know, how did this contribute to the business? Tell me about cross-functional. Yeah. Who did you work with? Yeah. And then for senior I was just gonna say, I agree. Yes. Yes. To all that. I also, sometimes when I do the deep dive, I will literally get into the like, and how did you choose those, that particular widget? <laughs> like, tell me about what else you looked at for the, like almost at a design critique yes. level. Um, especially for people who are going to be implementing, but sorry, go on. You, I interrupted you. No, but uh, absolutely. Like t- tell me about like, oh, were you using a design system? So is everything here a component from the system? Did you find, was there anything you had to create? Exactly. And, oh, so tell me about the conversations you had with, like, your cross-functional partners and implementing something that was outside of the design system. Oh, so good. <laughs> yes. So it's, yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, tell me about the negotiations you did. So I think it goes back to the interviewer really being prepped for provoking, prompting questions, mm-hmm. which is really hard because we're all so freaking tired. And we, yes, what? And we, no, yeah. we want to, yeah, and we want a body in the seat and say, you'll be fine. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. You seem, social, you seem good. You, you seem, seem like a like, designer. You yes. seem, you seem like a designer. This, like, you've got, you've got all the things here you'll be okay but asking those deeper questions i think is uh, takes more effort Mm -hmm. and time and it's that oh like oh gosh i've got this interview coming up okay mary like sit down let's reflect for a half an hour before a couple days before like what are the prompts we're looking for and where does this question go yeah. And what, what do I want other folks to be looking for? And yeah, sending out that, that information. It's so, it's so hard and having a flexible enough system that you can do that and say like, you know, this one doesn't require a, a whiteboard exam, but it really does require a deep dive or this one, right. you know, I really want them to do a collaboration exercise with a researcher um, because that's yeah. going to be super important or whatever it is, you know, that's, I have one thing I want to make sure that to hit with you because it is very um, close to my heart. Uh, you know, love my job, not that going to leave in, but uh, you know, someday, you know, not all of us are necessarily in our forever homes. Um, do we, I've seen sometimes like when interviewing for manager or senior manager, director, you know, even like that they're asking for kind of the same stuff as like an associate or mid-level designer. And I don't know, like, I feel like my job's pretty different. And like, I don't really like use Figma. Um, That's not, that's not what I do. How do I, how do I theoretically show that I'm a good manager or a good director or like how to, what artifacts do I need? Are they different? I think it takes a moment to think about if you're, it it says something about the company. If you're interviewing for a position as a senior manager director and 
I, and I have been asked to present a portfolio for those scenarios. And the portfolio I presented was my approach to work mm-hmm. and highlights of my career, like business problems I was solving and how I gathered, basically gathered people around, addressed a problem. These are the artifacts that my team came up with. <laughs> Don't own it. Like, I, it's like, wow, thank goodness. I arranged, you know, got to head these people in the right direction and cleared the path in front of them and negotiated with cross functional stakeholders. They needed to pay attention. And that was my role, but these are the artifacts. So it's telling the story with the artifacts, which I've found has worked with successfully with um, other senior designers, sometimes definitely with cross functional senior stakeholders Hmm. that, Sometimes will be understood like, wow, if you're looking at for someone at this level, they're not going to be in Figma anymore. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes have to bring up with cross-functional stakeholders, like looking at, if you're going to interview a VP of product, are they coding? <laughs> like you're not going to ask them to look at their GitHub. Yeah. So it went trying to show analogy mm-hmm. among the disciplines that at what point are you, you want the individual contributor artifact is no longer necessary. You want to show going back to that word of impact is how were they able to collaborate with others to get the work done. And that's using an artifact as a talking point to describe the work you did was really important. That makes a lot of sense. Cause then you can kind of point to a thing and say this Yes. Creating this, coming to this conclusion here was very hard for these reasons. And this is what I did. And this is what I empowered my team to do. It's interesting too. I, one of the things I've been reflecting a lot on, um, as I'm, I, <laughs> I really enjoy there's, there's a, a Slack group that's just people venting about, um, job, um, <laughs> job interviews. And it's, uh, it's useful. Um, And one of the things I hear a lot is these people are saying, like, I'm going and they're asking for this, like, IC work. And in a way, maybe it's, maybe it's like online dating, uh, which is a thing I've never done, but have heard about. Um, uh, Maybe it's, maybe it's like online dating. Like you put out what you do and that helps you narrow down the pool of companies to the companies that work the way you want. Like the things I'm most proud of on my team, I have hired amazing designers. Um, I have gotten designers promoted. Um, I have gotten them to produce things on their own that, you know, or, you know, with a little bit of help or collaboratively that, you know, help make the team better. Like, those those are the things that I am proud of. Like I have helped them deal with difficult cross-functional relationships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's, I, do I care that they're making an impact on the business? Yeah, absolutely. But do I care that they're healthy and happy and want to be on my team and are doing good work and are getting along with their cross-functional partners and are getting to be better designers? Yeah, I care about that a lot more. Like I think that's, that's, that's that's what I'm proud of doing. So that's what I'm going to put in a portfolio. <laughs> right. It, absolutely. And I think it, it shows two things. One, there's still this expectation, right or wrongly, that if you're a quote unquote designer, even at the most senior level, there's going to be something visual to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Which is at this stage, it's like, okay, I'll show you what my team did. Yeah. But I think that 
that expectation is still there. But at the same time, I think it shows an opportunity that so many of our colleagues, so much of us need to explain and persuade our colleagues something that's going on and being able to present what you just did, promoting your team, showing things, being able to create an informational graphic and can be simple, but being able to explain a complex situation and how you resolved it. Oh my gosh, if there were more of my cross-functional partners who could do that without horrific decks, it shows that corporate informational explanation, which I think is so critical to persuade and influence others to work with you in a description in, in, in a goal. Yeah, no, that's a, that is a great point that, that I, uh, the, the joke always is that as you get higher level in design, you do less work in Figma and more work in PowerPoint. Um, and, uh, but being able to make those so that they actually communicate something <laughs> or, yes. yeah, you know, a Google doc or whatever, you know, some right. kind of thing that actually shows that actually right. gets people on board and aligned. And yeah, it's, um, and there are folks who can do this. I, I, some of the most amazing informational graphics I've seen were produced by non-designers hmm. and they explained something very quickly, very easily visually that was very complex and so they could persuade others to give them resources to get something done. I, I was like, that was brilliant. Mm-hmm. That's, that's actually really interesting for when, uh, yeah, for if you're hiring senior managers or directors thinking about that more, the, how, how do you communicate and how are you, what are you creating to communicate with and how is that going? Um, I think that's a really useful way to think about portfolios. Thank you. Um, that, just so you know, that is all the time that we have for today. Um, I could keep talking about this oh. for hours with you. Um, yes. But uh, I want to thank Mary uh, for, for joining me. Um, I also want to thank all of you out there for listening and wish you all the best of luck with your own search, whether it's for a new job or a new employee. I am rooting for you. Great. Thank you.